he's doing. Hmm. <laughs> Who is that impression of? In between us. Yeah, huh? you're lying. In between us. Oh, Welcome to another potentially feisty episode of Live Lunch. Um, our wonderful producer, Jess Galoki, has organized food from Mac Shack. And so we've got mac and cheese. That's great. I'm a big fan. What did you get with your mac and cheese? <laughs> this is like meatballs and tomatoey wow. sauce. What's the new one? Mushrooms. Mushroom. Short store there. Oh, I had spicy Christine? pepperoni. Pepperoni. Yeah. Well, I well, mate, you, I'm not the mushroom mac and cheese guy. You come in late, um, that's what you get. Fairly. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> um, hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. <laughs> we had Matt Carvel speak to us this Sunday from a strange story on so many levels. Yeah, uh, from Genesis, centre, different pictures on the other oh, of side. Yeah. And different pictures on the other side. But if you looked at, if you watched the video online, it would have been uh, Matt Carvel. So Matt, do you want to give us a quick summary? And, oh, sorry. Welcome, Christine Lydiard. Good to have you back with us. Uh, one of my favorite regulars. So welcome, Christine. Thank you. Matt, do you want to do a summary of the preach? Yeah, I can do. I think this is, uh, in many ways, uh, let's just say a problematic passage. It's, it's got a lot of problematic elements to it. And so I was very tried to be very clear from the the word go with the message that this is a descriptive passage and this is not holding up uh, an example of how family life should be and um, quite quite the opposite and so I just want to re- reiterate that again what we have here is Jacob um, being a very much the opposite uh, of what a man should be uh, in terms of the way and he and Laban uh, treat Rachel and Leah. We have this situation where Jacob is with them because he has run away from the other family that is already blown up because of his deception and heads into this other situation, meets Rachel, wants to marry her. Laban, uh, Rachel's father, sees this as an opportunity uh, to exploit for his own gain and tricks Jacob into marrying uh, Rachel's sister Leah who's the older sister and Jacob ends up marrying both of them and so I kind of uh, looked at the different characters Jacob and Rachel and Leah and things from their perspective and how they have been treated and I suppose where we we got to is just really countering that with how Jesus speaks to uh, in John chapter 4 uh, the Samaritan woman that he meets at the well J- Jacob's well as it as it's called you see that John 4 6 and this gives us the the, the counter example in the passage of, of Genesis 29 very much uh, Rachel and Leah are mistreated they're treated as objects they're treated as property um, and that is not the way they should have been treated and Jesus shows us that uh, in his interaction with the Samaritan woman in a context that he should not have really been seen to speak to speak to her Jesus does away with the labels and the social perspective dominant perspective and say no actually you are someone made in the image of God with inherent dignity value and worth and Jesus speaks to her on that basis and we see a tra- really a transformation and in, in her and like like Rachel she had lost dignity uh, like Leah she had been the unfavored one she was divorced several times uh, but Jesus doesn't <coughs> excuse me doesn't condemn 
and actually we see a wonderful gospel moment of actually through that life-changing conversation she that jesus has with her even many other people come to faith and you know the gospel and they believed um in jesus because of her going and saying to them hey come and see this person that's told me everything so she's so empowered by the conversation i thought that the bit that you spoke about the samaritan woman was such a unique perspective i must confess that i hadn't heard a perspective like that on the samaritan woman that she so when jesus asked how many uh, bring your husband and she's and the other you know, conversation ended up with her saying she's like five or six uh husbands or previous partners and then you right rightly pointed out that it's she was she'd been a woman that was rejected so many times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so in some way the narrative spun from her being potentially somebody who had rejected a lot of men or treated men and moved on to the next man to being somebody who was constantly rejected and that's the kind of person that jesus went after and then and used that, yeah and because she would have been seen seen that way mm. at the time and I think we have to be honest with with ourselves uh, when when we read bits like that, and we think even that we think of mm. her as being an immoral person. Yes. Or we think even of this passage, Genesis twenty nine. You know, Jacob's gets tricked, and I think that's that. It's, it's not really about it's about J- Jacob's the perpetrator. Who's who's the victim here? Who's this uh, about? I mean, I I have to give credit to someone else. Was it you, or is it someone else in that our preaching meeting in terms of bringing in that? Women at the Well. Did you mention it? Uh, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> it sounds no, like something different. I don't want to take the credit for what someone else it was said. It yourself or Toby mm. that, that mentioned that, that um, this, this Samaritan woman gives a great parallel. Mm. Um, I think it was Toby. The narrative that we often read, even in, in popular press at the moment, is... Um, is a series of... Well, uh, separate stories, but famous men who've... Um, been abusive to their wives, partners, women, uh, and potentially beating the judicial system. Uh, now we're not saying we're not. This is not a conversation about whether they are innocent or guilty. Um, but you're raising some helpful points about, you know, when we, especially with our children, the kind of role models that are presented before them, um, going deeper into that, you know. You made a really good point. Yeah, I, I think um, let, let's let's be honest. We we live in a very ungodly culture, and it can be easy for us to minimize the the pain and the destruction that sin creates uh, in in our in our world, and easy to norm. It's easy even for us to see what we say oh, and, and just shrug it off and normalize oh well these just happen men just are like that oh people get treated badly or people are promiscuous and oh well isn't it well doesn't doesn't really matter but I, I really believe it matters to god i really believe you know this thing matters to god when you think what's 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 god's uh you know emotive reaction to the way that Rachel and Leah were treated. I mean, that's what, for me, that's what I tried to communicate in the message because we can forget forget about that. Like, how we treat one another really is important to, to God. I mean, we see that in the life of Jesus. I don't think there's many other things more important apart from our relationship with him. Jesus said, you'll be known by the love that you have for each other. And that, and 
often even as Christians, we can think about, well, I love my family or, you know, uh, I love my friends that I hang out with. But Jesus said, no, as a community, the way that you love one another, which when we're talking about loving, we're talking about the way we talk to one another, the, the way we listen to one another, treat one another. And so that is, it's radical what Jesus says to us. And I think what can happen is that because we are in an environment where there's so so much, as I say, normalization of poor treatment of one another and not valuing of other people and this and individualism uh, that is sometimes unchallenged and unquestioned by people. Uh, well, breakups just happen. Well, people just get clear about, well, that's just the way it is. But I'm not saying we need to go and start a moral campaign against society. That's not going to be productive. But for us as the church, we need to reflect on our behavior and our attitude. How am I treating the men in my life, the women in my life, whether they are my wife, husband, children, but friend that I meet at church, person that I meet in the shop. God calls us to something greater. Mm, I think I think because some of these things get brushed under the carpet, you were talking about somebody who paid somebody off so they didn't need to go to court. We can think it's over and done with, but it's never over and done with for that woman and the consequences for her life. And we see that in this passage and the passages to come. We're going to get baby wars next where, you know, being two wives in the same family has set up this awful competition and hatred between two sisters where that should never have been there, um, that um, we can forget that behavior has consequences and those consequences can be terrible and they can be lifelong. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's really important we don't talk lightly about these kind of things because of that. It'd be really good to talk about this next week. Um, Is the whole... You do come across on social media and on Instagram that a big push towards having open relationships and open marriages. And again, there's another famous uh, Hollywood couple that that have an open marriage where, you know, they they partner with different people. Yeah. And we don't really we don't really go into is that a destructive pattern? You know, what does that do to the relationship to the individuals involved? Maybe for maybe one for next week where we really get into. Yeah. Open relationships and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. is this a good thing? Is this okay? Just because some people on Instagram are saying, "Yeah, it's, look, it's books for us, and we're all really happy." Is this actually a good thing? Is this something worth practicing? Or you know, why shouldn't we? Mm. But let's do that let's, next week. let's talk about. I think it'll be, probably be a couple of weeks time because we've got um, gift gift, gift day campaign, next Sunday. Um, yeah. ne- next Sunday. We, I think, yeah, sorry, no, go after you. I was just I was just gonna say I think um, uh, it was not too controversial to say. Um, by raise let's let's to talk specifically about men and women uh, and valuing of of one another and that sort of thing um i think this this passages like this and when we talk about these issues they're hopefully a great reminder um because I, I you know i can sort of say on sunday oh we need to value one another and dignify one another but perhaps we don't often talk about what that actually means and what that should look like mm. and probably it's helpful to say that we actually all have to learn <laughs> what that means if you're a man and speaking to a to a woman you need to understand <laughs> what is actually going to give her value and dignity because the way, probably the way that you think it might uh if you are thinking might might not be the same thing um and there's i think it's important that as a community 
that we start having these conversations and talking about what does it what does it mean to value one another um, and uh, show dignity to one another because sometimes we can say oh well you know we there's opportunity to do this and you do this and we do this and look you're you're doing this so you're valued but if, if people are not feel like they're listened to or that their opinions are not taken on board or that sort of thing that can be a massive part of of what it means to be valued and i think in this again in this i raised that point because in this passage you know i made the point like um rachel doesn't get a voice she doesn't get asked and that's not a good thing <laughs> and in contrast to the earlier passage when rebecca does get asked whether she wants to marry isaac and that's in, that's empowering to to her to be to be asked and that sort of thing and so i think you know we as you know speakers leaders uh, elders in the church can say we don't always get this right but i think we are trying to um always reflect on this and do that and i raised the point about um the preaching team you know i think it's important that we have a preaching team you know i i get the credit for a sunday when it goes when it goes well but the first thing i tried to say to people is actually a lot of this content was uh, in brought out in a group of people people with different life experiences men and women um and i think the more we can do that the more healthy it is the more i just want to serve people as well as we can do with what we with what we say on sunday um there's a little rant there <laughs> <laughs> i i think christine we've talked about the the value and the dignity of women um if, if you are being honest how should we be doing that in church and if we aren't doing it well, how and where could we do it better? That's a big question. <laughs> Matt's had his rant, so your turn. <laughs> um, Christine doesn't well, rant. Well, let me just tell gracious. you my reaction to the sermon on Sunday. I actually shed a tear because I felt like I'd not really heard a sermon like that that really affirmed women in that oh, way wow. so explicitly. And I think that that is part of the problem is that it that we're not necessarily explicit enough. We're not articulating that value and worth. And women who are in a church where there is predominantly a male leadership that do most of the speaking, for example, can infer, oh, there isn't a place for me or I'm not allowed to speak or I, uh, I shouldn't. And can and, that, and that's not right, but it can be inferred. And I think um, that it's so good that we just keep articulating the value and worth of men and women. And to talk about our primary relationship with each other is as brother and sister. And I think that that takes it out of the men-women thing a bit. Um, but there should be love between us, appropriate love between us. There should be... Um, uh, encouragement um, and maybe advocacy you know sometimes you know women can feel like I have got something to say but I've got such a tiny voice and I don't know how to do it and sometimes we need to come alongside one another I know people have done that for me in this church and I don't think I would be doing what I do now if it were not for some of the elders who have stood by me encouraged me <laughs> metaphorically held my hands when I do a talk for the first time or things like that. There's just been a culture of encouragement that I have experienced. Brilliant. 
I know I'm one person, but we should all be seeking to do that with one another. What would you say to other women who are, in some ways, you've often been on stage and you've brought significant contributions, prophetic contributions. So even at uh, the gathering last Thursday, you came in and closed the show really and got the biggest cheer <laughs> of, of, of the evening. And I think a, a, a lot of us could look up to you as oh, a role model of somebody who's who's doing really well um, as a woman at Emmanuel. What would you say to some of the other women or younger women who are looking up to you? What encouragement would you give them? Um, get your Bible out. Know your Bible. Mm. Love God, mm. first and foremost. Other things are secondary to that. They don't feel like it, but they're secondary. Mm. Get that right. Get your attitudes right. Serve. Mm. Just keep serving. And I think that, that that might feel like it's a bit low-key, but actually I think that I hope that what I do comes out of that mm-hmm. and not a sense of striving for role or visibility. And it's a wanting to serve God and obviously with a prophetic of hearing him. And, the, and it, to be honest, it's still quite scary at mm. times, um, as it should be actually for all of us, that if we're going to prophesy to the church, that we, we need to have a real uh, reference for God in that. Um, but I would get alongside other women, get women to mentor you. If you feel you've got a particular gifting, talk to people about it, talk to the elders about it, find out where you can get encouragement and help to develop that gift. Absolutely brilliant. If I can add to that as well, I think because in, in, in saying what we're saying today, I would, I would definitely say that, that Christine has helped me to, un, to understand this better. And that, you know, that thing that I was talking about in terms of learning how to value one another um, only really comes from, from, from listening to other people. And so you know, we've had many conversations where Christine said, you know, Matt, when you say that, this is what is heard and that is that is so helpful um and you know all this thing that christine is saying there about you know i know where she's coming from is she want us to get this word in front of people and what's you know her heart is that people get close to god and there's no barriers in the way and they're inspired inspired to do that so that helps me <laughs> you know um I know that's where she's coming from with it. Yeah, and can I say that there have been times when I've cried talking to you, haven't there? There have been times where, you know, I've, you know, as women, sometimes we find it very hard to articulate things and that also stops us from saying them because we get very emotionally involved with it. Sometimes I've felt passionate about things or I've just felt uh, maybe offended by something. But it's been fine to talk to Matt like that. Mm. And he he can take that and he still accepts me and that um that is tremendously freeing as well you know because we will relate to one another differently we are men and women Mm -hmm. and we we will communicate in different ways but i think sometimes that can hold women back if they get oh i'm going to get emotional but actually if it's part of your makeup then you know you need to be able to do that somewhere okay i'm sorry I've, this is really bad. I was going to say I can totally empathize. I can't totally empathize. I know in conversations with my wife, she's a very good communicator and can articulate her arguments really well. And I and I struggle and I can mm. feel emotional. 
mm. and I, I so I, go, I default to emotions. Yeah, uh, and and she can hold her ground because she knows she can yeah. she can communicate really well and articulate. Which yeah, is what she's um and quite often she can articulate better than me what my own concept yeah. is and my own thing. So yeah, so definitely leaning in on people's yeah. gifting. Yeah, uh, and not just yeah, not seeing it as a men and women thing, but a relation yeah. thing. Yeah. I yeah. think I think we can overemphasize uh, that aspect of raising points and giving feedback. I, I don't think yeah. I have ever <laughs> regretted hearing from anyone uh, if they're if even if they're challenging me on something. Now that doesn't mean that I'm always going to ag- agree. Um, I challenge you, know, you on the shoes that you wear when you preach, but you've just totally ignored it, <laughs> as you will. <laughs> um, but I I I I think that. Sometimes when you're at the front and leading lots of staff and speaking lots of things and you're saying stuff with real conviction, some people get the impression that you know what you want to say and you don't want to hear from people. And I think so for me to sort of keep emphasizing, oh, actually, when people's, can I, can I just raise this? And have you thought about this? And I, you said this and I heard this. And sometimes that's, I think, is I don't agree with it or sometimes it's not fair or sometimes... You know, you didn't talk about being emotional there. I've had plenty of conversations that are emotional from men and yeah. women and yeah, it looks yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it's aggressive and, so, you know. Um, but I guess what I try to do is is actually to, to listen and try to under, understand. Because even if there are things that... It's, it's never going to be the case that I'm going to disagree with everything. You know, And a lot of the time, even when people are, are, are criticizing or, or saying things that... Um, they think should change or things are not right about either what I've said or what we do as a church that sort of thing <laughs> in the vast majority of case, cases is there's probably about 75% of what they're saying I agree with um, and also have the same frustration and maybe there's parts of it that I, I, I don't agree with um, but I, I do I do want to encourage that because I'm trying to look upon that and say okay is this an opportunity for me to learn, <laughs> learn how things are heard, learn how things are are perceived and coming across, and whether that's the men and women thing? I mean, we talked in previous in previous uh, messages about the, the sort of race thing and different people, different backgrounds, different perspectives, and and again, a lot of it can be done uh, to do with if this is communicated and this there's a large part that's not communicated. What people hear in the in the absence yeah. you know um and sometimes people think that we believe or would say stuff that's like no of course we don't say that but but we don't say it. and so that's why i've tried to be with my preaching Brilliant. just be like mm. so just very direct with it is if you have <laughs> feedback for matt yeah other than his shoes please bring it to him or including my receive shoes. it that's fine well, I'm <laughs> That would be, uh, yeah, it's not. It's not that you will change. You will have a, resp- a good response. Um, mm. I think just go, going back into the in, into what we this is a, really a, a practical pastoral question. Somebody who's sitting, who's watched the preach. It's I think too for for a daughter who probably has felt betrayed by parental authority or let down or find them find herself in a situation, not because of her own doing. Um, and I guess the second part is for for a father who's probably treat, not treated his children well. And it's kind of living with, it, it's been the weight of that decision or the guilt of that decision or those decisions in the past, maybe ongoing, I don't know, um, that they're now living with. You, before it come to Jesus, he, he doesn't reject you. He restores you, he renews you. You can find 
restoration. You can find forgiveness. You can find grace in Jesus. And great. Um, not no one saying well, how do we move on from that. But then what next for for the individual, both the daughter and the father, who've been challenged or convicted by what they heard in the preach. Ready to go first? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I I I hope that um, that if if the, if there is that sense of resonance e- on either side uh, with uh, with this with this passage, whether in terms of the victim or the perpetrator, whichever one we might relate to, that there is there is some sense of hope. Uh, for for them from from what we said on Sunday, because I think with with Christ with Christ there is hope even in the, in the darkest situations. Now, I think as um, Christine was mentioning, I can't remember if you said this just now before, <laughs> before we started filming, but um, the the impact of sin is long lasting, mm. and sometimes we do live with the consequences of sin for the rest of our lives until Christ comes again and makes everything new. You know, that's one of the things when, um, you know, when Jesus comes again, every tear <laughs> will, will be will be taken away. And that gives a sense of like, the flip side of that is in this life, even though we do experience a restoring work of Jesus and know, can know his love in a real and tangible way that changes us that work of change and transformation isn't complete until we see Christ face to face. So I I think we live in a time where there is the consequence of sin and the brokenness of the world, but with the real hope and power of of Christ's work now. So that so you know in th- things like Thrive Story, which is running at the minute, you know th- the whole tone of that is for some people processing and dealing with things that have happened in the past either things they've done or have done to them and in many cases at the time they might have said i forgive you or received a forgiveness you know received someone's forgiveness or have you know became a christian and knew god's love and that changed everything but there's still it's they're still realizing that it has affected them in a certain way and and sometimes we don't quite at first realize the depth of the gospel and the depth of the way God changes us that actually takes decades rather than just um you know just just a just a moment and so hopefully there is hope but there is also a process in change and dealing with these things and and especially when it comes to things to do with family they can mm. strike the deepest can they they can I think we see in this story two women who have to collude with their father and their husband and that kind of uh, touches on the whole situation of abuse in the home whether it's domestic abuse or um, as we would understand between spouses or a parental abuse and I think the thing to say to people is come and talk to us because we will listen and um, you know it's it's something that we deal with as a pastoral team and have dealt with um, but we will listen and we will advocate for people in difficult situations. Um, that's not to make judgments about who's right, who's wrong, but we will um, stand with people through situations to come through 
to the other side and it will be a long journey in those sort of situations because of as I said earlier the hurts go deep and it's very enmeshed kind of relationships um, but the church is here for you we are here for one another brilliant that's really good um, think what a hopeful note to finish on yeah should we finish there yeah yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs> uh, yeah so I think practical note sign up for Thrive Story are we doing it again next time if you're part of the manual mm, no Oh, we, don't do it we will time. be doing it again in, in January. We tend to do oh, wow. it once, twice a year. Twice a wow. year. Um, Not in the autumn time. No, but you could join a Thrive study group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can indeed. Great. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. We will see you next week. What do we have coming up? Well, it's gift campaign day. It's gift campaign. Gift campaign day. No, yeah. Sunday. Well, we're taking a specific Sunday in our gift campaign which is all of this month to preach directly to uh, what we're involved in in terms of giving money to the church plants that we're involved in in Belfast and Bath and Krakow so uh, Neville Jones is going to be speaking to us giving us a bit of an update from how this church is getting on and then speaking to us from one of Jesus' parables and to encourage us to give into that Will we have Neville on live lunch? We can ask the question can't we? Exciting Cool. Thanks so much. See you next week. See ya. Bye.